the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Understanding the gift of healing, miracles, and prophecy. Today, on Way of Grace, with Pastor Jessica Stan. And again, hello. Welcome to today's broadcast. This is Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stand is continuing our look at a little mini-series he's called The Prophet of Spiritual Gifts, Christ in You, the Hope of Glory. And we're in part two of this mini-series centered around 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 20. The gifts we've been looking at towards the end of this week are that of healing, miracles, and prophecy. Join us, won't you? Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 20. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Shared this with you last week. You and I know that we have bumped up against assignments where we have been negligent with our God and our faith had been deflated by our carnal tendencies and that faith was not there to help share the word with that person who needed to hear that word in that moment. Raise your hand if you can bear record with what I'm saying. And you were like, whoa, why am I so uh, reticent, so not willing to talk to this person. Why am I discombobulated? Why am I, I, I know the Bible, I know the word of God, but why am I not ready to share? Because you have neglected to have your faith nurtured. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is that commodity needed to fire all the gifts because the man or the woman that's walking by faith is walking by, watch this now, humility and dependence upon God. A lot of times we forget to depend upon God as we taught our guys last night as we were dealing with the gift of evangelism. For you men, if you want uh, that study, you can get it out of the CD room. We were talking about the gift of evangelism. We were talking about how you can mess it up. And one of the biggest ways you can mess up evangelism is thinking you know something that you don't and then telling people things that are not right. Secondly, here's the other way you can mess up evangelism. You can mess up evangelism first by bad doctrine around who God is and who Jesus is and how to be saved. I I can spend the whole sermon dealing with that. How you just tell people, just do this and do that and you'll be saved. How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is that? But the other way that you can do it, too, is a bad attitude. When somehow you're trying to get a notch on your belt, you're going to save people. You're going to save people. Come here and be saved in Jesus' name. Right. And, and, and see, according to the proverb, you need to have your, your, your eye busted. When you talk to people that way, you get a blot to yourself. Right. You need a block because you have failed to understand that a person's salvation is exclusively the work of God, that the only instrumental means that you play is the means of simply sharing the word of God with them. One souls, another waters, but God gives the increase. And we never tell a person that you're saved. We never tell a person we know you're saved. You can't know anything about that. You don't even know you saved. <laughs> Pastor, I know I'm saved. 
Well, maybe today you do. Maybe right now you do. Maybe in church because, you know, it's safe. Like, like uh, Charlie said it this morning, we're safe right now. Get your tail out there in that darkness and them snakes start coming at you. Then you get a little worried about, am I, am I, Lord, am I still saved? Which is a good place to be. Because faith will have you to recognize how impotent you are on your own. And as I had stated as an aside, the gift of faith is given in order that God will grant us the ability to open our mouths. And what comes out of our mouths is the supernatural work of the spirit of God and accurately testifying to men and women about the glories of the gospel in Jesus Christ. And when we have had an encounter where we have been able to share the gospel with people and God has blessed that. Nobody in the world knows like you and I know that was God who did that. No one in the world knows, like you and I know, that there was nothing about my, my intellect, nothing about my winsomeness, nothing about my giftedness that brought about the effectual working of the word of God in the heart of that person. You do guys under, understand what I'm saying. So when we're talking about the gift of faith, we are talking about a gift that operates from many different angles with the purpose of advancing God's will. A person can have the gift of faith and and not be very uh, robust in their knowledge of God's word. They may not be uh, a, a professor. They may not be a scholar in the word of God, but they have a level of faith to simply believe what God says and just wait on God to bring to pass what he says. Now I want to hang out with those people. I want to hang out with people who simply say, well, you know, PJ, I'm trusting God. That shuts the whole thing down. I ain't got no more Bible verses, no more counsel. When you tell me you are trusting God, that's it. You have appealed to the highest authority in the universe. And since God can't lie, since God can't fail, since God can't change, for you to trust him puts your case in good hands. Everything else is a lesser argument. And so we're dealing with the gift of faith here and we understand how it is uh, in its application. We are clearly seeing it in verse 13. This comes out of Psalm 116, by the way, which is which is a rich context behind it. He says, therefore, we have spoken. We also believe and therefore what? Speak. So, Lord, give us grace to be able to share the gospel wisely and knowledgeably, but also faithfully. Let's continue then. Let's move on to our next gift, because this is quite interesting. I will be talking about these on a uh, larger, more microdynamic level when we get to first Corinthians chapter uh, Romans chapter 12, because we do need to know how these gifts function in terms of their relationship to other people. But here the apostle says over in verse nine to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Do you guys see that gifts? of healing. This particular term healing here can apply spiritually and physically. It can apply spiritually in that it is the fundamental term healing that is associated with the primary purpose for which Jesus came. The term healing becomes a, an Adam braided term, a, a term that corresponds to our ultimate need. Now hear me now. All of us are sick, sick in sin, sick with sin and sick by sin. And we all need a healing. And so when the Bible says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the poor, to set the captives free and to heal the broken hearted. 
That becomes for you and I the priestly mode of the proclamation of the word of God, is it not? Now now we're talking about different, again, categories of sickness. I can be sick physically. And of course, Jesus is healing all kind of people, is he not? As he goes about his ministry, I can be sick physically. So pull up for me, Matthew 13, 15. And Jesus goes about healing people in ways the Old Testament never had a man healed. None of the Old Testament prophets healed like Jesus did, as, profic- uh, as prolifically as he did, as frequently as he did. Jesus was basically healing people everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he was healing people. And he wasn't doing it to get a following around healing. He didn't have a big old Asclepius sign with the snake on the pole up as a banner with Jesus under, Jesus the healer. That wasn't the primary objective. The primary objective for, people, for Jesus healing people was in order to know that God is the one that heals us of our sins and that no one had ever come into the world with that kind of power. That's going to be our next gift that we talk about in a moment, doing what Jesus did. What we all know historically is there was no one that came before Jesus or after Jesus that did what Jesus did. That's because Jesus came as Messiah. He is Hashim. He is Messiah. He is Yahweh's messenger. He is the one invested with all deity and the ability to do the kind of healings that he did. Remember what the scripture says? And the spirit was given to him without what? Measure. And so we were amazed, everyone around him were amazed at how powerful he was in what he did. For this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing. This is a commentary on Israel, is it not? Both in the Old Testament and in Jesus' day. And their eyes have they closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should what? Understand with their hearts and be converted and I should what? This is spiritual healing. Do you guys see that? spiritual healing. So our sickness is spiritual. The healing we need is the healing of being blind and separated from God and wounded by sin. Sin is a poison that runs through our veins. It makes us sick. It distorts our image and our calling. It, 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 it blinds us to the glories of God and we don't walk in health while we're walking in sin. Y'all know that's true. And so the conflation of the metaphor of the moral and ethical uh, sin uh, model and the, the spiritual and the physiological or medical analogy is that when we get saved, we are on a pathway of healing. Are we not? Now, I love it. The, the legion filled with, with 2,000 demons. When he was saved by the grace of God, he was clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was stupid. Ten minutes earlier, dwelling in grave sites, cutting himself and torturing himself under demonic influence, living in the darkness of spiritual death, enjoying the company of demons. And here comes the son of the living God by the grace of God and by the power of God. And with one command, come out. Our brother, his life turned around in a nanosecond and he hung on to the feet of Jesus. Wherever you go, I'm going. Wherever you live, I'm living. Whatever you do, I'm doing. That's, this is what we call what, ladies? Radical what? Love. Radical love. Every act of God in his loving overture towards his people is radical. It's designed to bring a change. And so is with the gift of healing. 
But the gift of healing is also to be understood as an apostolic uniqueness as well. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 puts it this way, where the apostle is again checking the church at Corinth. Here's what he says in second Corinthians 12, verse 11. I am become a fool in glorying. You have compelled me for I ought to have been commended of you. That's the other problem he had. He's the man that God used to start that church and now they want to kick him out for all of these hucksters that I'm about to talk about in a few minutes. Hucksters. He says, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostle, though I be nothing. They're questioning his apostleship. The very people that have been formulated into a body of Christ are now rejecting the man because they are now hearing other false prophets who look better than Paul, sound better than Paul. And the message now has been replaced, a message that preached and exalted God in Christ to a message of you and yours and temporal and carnal blessings and how you can get yours now. Sound familiar? Listen to what he says in verse 12, 2 Corinthians 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and what? Wonders and what? Mighty deeds. So Paul had the ability to, to heal, did he not? He had the ability to raise the dead. I remember in the Ephesian tech account where Paul is preaching way longer than your pastor. And uh, they had a big fat, you know, worship service. And one of the young brothers named Eutychus went up to the third loft. He think he's going to hang out up there. He had the windows open where he could look out at the stars. He was living the life, uh, the best of both worlds. He could look out at the stars, rest on the banister while Paul preached. Isn't that an oasis? Paul preaching and Paul is hot that night. That brother on fire. He preaching four and five hours on because this is the last night with them. So he's just letting it all out. The Lord is this. The Lord is good. Let me tell you about this. And that brother up in the third loft looking out at the stars while he's hearing the apostle preach. And then his eyes get heavy and falls down three stories dead. While Paul is preaching, don't, don't y'all stop. Don't y'all stop. The Lord is good. Let me, mm, heals him, left him there and went back to preaching. Like I was saying in Exodus, and the next thing you know, that brother gets right on up. He gets right on up. And he does not go back to the third law. Right. And those were legitimate and authentic healings. Legitimate and authentic healings were exercised by the apostles. I want to just give a caveat here. They were not exercised exclusively by the apostles, but dominantly by the apostles. Like when you read the book of Acts, which is where all of these gifts are expressed, you do not see everybody with the gift of healing. In fact, that's how Paul closes out 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Does everybody have all the gifts? The answer is no. And God gives them severally as he wills. And they were prominently working through the apostles to affirm the claims of Jesus, were they not? So here they are preaching Jesus and and people are saying, well, who is Jesus? He's the one that healed this man that's in front of you that had a withered arm. And so it authenticated the message. It doesn't save people. It simply authenticates the message because when you read your Bible, what you discover is that in the days of Messiah, Messiah would be doing the kind of healings that would affirm that he has come in the flesh. So what we're looking at in this particular gift is not only the gift that was uh, engaged in by the apostles, but we learn about this gift in Acts chapter five as well. Stephen was said to have been a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and able to do signs and wonders too. Philip was too. 
At least Philip was engaged in the manifestation of it. You remember that deacon Philip that ran down, ran down the road on Gaza to meet that brother that was going back to Ethiopia? Philip could run. His name in the, in the Greek means a horse. So God had him run it. He ran up on that chariot and the Ethiopian led him in the chariot. And Philip began at the same scripture and preached to him what? Jesus. And the, Phil, uh, the Ethiopian said, okay, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And the Ethiopian was baptized by who? Philip. And the next thing you know, Philip disappears. This is Star Trek stuff. That brother disappears and ends up in Samaria. And in Samaria, he begins preaching. And this is where the Samaritans become saved. And then Peter and them have to come down and lay hands on them. And so mighty deeds were done primarily by the apostles, but not exclusively. And we would say this as a caveat, you know, and I'll make sure that I don't get too far afield on this. When you think about the gifts that the Spirit gives to the body of Christ, they are designed for the healing of the body, but they're also designed as a witness to the world. And they're done in such a way as to bring no glory to any one man. So even as we do believe in healing, you would be a fool to not believe that God still heals. There'd be no reason for you to be on the planet if you thought God didn't heal. You might struggle with how does he heal? But you should never doubt that God heals. Every day you, are, you and I are both healing and dying at the same time. What restrains our reasonable health is the fact that in God's decree, he has maintained a, a momentum of healing for you and I that takes place every day. Raise your hand if you got what I just said. Why? Because we are dying, right? Second, third laws of, 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 of thermodynamics. We're wasting down, but we're not wasting down as fast as we could because while we're wasting down, God is restraining us by his healing powers. So we thank you, O Lord, for your healing graces. And so as we deal with that particular subject, remember, there are different kinds of sicknesses that require different kinds of of healings. And I do just want you to mark back at verse uh, nine of chapter uh, 12. I want you to mark this. I want you to see this because you may not have seen it in verse nine to another faith by the same spirit to another. I want you to see this now. The gifts, plural of healings, plural. Do you see it? Do you see that? Now, in the uh, going back to 1 Corinthians 12, 9, please. Going back to that, that text, I just want to call your attention to a nuance that we don't get. What, what may be assumed is that when the Spirit gives you a gift, that it, it will only operate on one level. Are you with me? Because I'm fascinated by and I need to understand critically this gift called healing. Because I know that we have all been called to it particularly me. And the reason why is every aspect of gospel ministry is designed for healing. Healing in the categories that we've talked about. If I'm messed up in my mind, I need the healing virtues of truth to help rearrange my categories so I can get back on the right track with God. If I'm messed up in my emotions, I need the healing qualities of the word of wisdom so that I can reprioritize my emotions so that my affections can be directed in the right way. I need to hear that right word in that right way that ministers to that deficiency so I can be healed right there. If I'm jacked up in my relationships, 
I need a double portion of wisdom and knowledge to help me understand that deep down inside, I have failed to understand how to prioritize God and man and then myself along with all of my fellow brothers and sisters. So I need a word from God around wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. I know how, I need to know how to establish boundaries and parameters so that I can be healthy and make sure that I'm not committing idolatry against a God who loves me better than anybody can love me. I need to be healed from my excessive desire for this man or that man or this woman or that woman to do something for me that only God can do. Do you hear me? Healing meets a lot of categories. And by inference, you are hearing that I am stating that the mechanism by which God does it is gifted people in the body of Christ who are given the ability to speak into our lives and the spirit works by it to bring about healing. So don't ever, ever argue that God doesn't heal anymore. So now we are looking at another quality of gifts because the apostle moves on to it in verse 10a, where he says to another, the working of miracles. Do you see that? To another, the working of miracles. Now, this is quite fascinating here because miracles are always attached to healings, but they are not one and the same. Miracles are always attached to healings, but they're not one and the same. He's not, he's not saying the same thing two different ways. So healings will be within that category of things that you and I have just talked about that take place where a radical impact brings about a correction, right? Emotionally, psychologically, relationally, etc. Even in terms of healing, often when we are healed, we are healed from the inside out. So that healing takes on a supernatural quality that might require discernment for others to even know you're healed. Are you hearing me? Right. Let's say, for instance, you have cancer. And many of us have had that battle and have had to deal with that battle and will deal with that battle. And yet maybe God is gracious enough to take you through that warfare to teach you a bunch of things about how you need to trust him more. And then he brings about a healing, a remission, right? And you get to shout and thank everybody who loved you and prayed for you and spoke into your life and cared about you because that's what we do. We hit our knees when our brothers and sisters are in that warfare. And then if God is gracious enough to bring a reprieve where he brings you out of that terrible tribulation and now you're walking in health and strength again, will you hear me? That's not seen with the visible eye. That's a healing. All we see is the outer effect, the net consequence. But now when we're talking about working of miracles, we're talking about God breaking the supernatural rule instantaneously and showing you a miracle empirically. Are you guys hearing me? And it's really designed to highlight not the miracle itself, but the power of God. Are you hearing me? So when a person sees an individual, as are many cases in the scriptures, where there is very clearly an impediment, very clearly a deficiency, very clearly something that would require a supernatural work of God, the layman in Acts chapter 3, which is where we could go. He's been lame all his life. And Peter says, look on me, perceiving that he had faith. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That's a work of power. 
Well, time permits us to go no further. You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, if you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5, or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com, or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX, in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you'd like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.